This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, I will sit down with all three of the candidates running for mayor of Sioux Falls during this year's city election. Now, how is this possible? Well, if you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, we had a chance to sit down with each one of the candidates, David Zakaitis, Tanisa Islam, and current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhaken. Now, the city elections are just days away. They take place on Tuesday, April 12th, but early voting and absentee voting is going on right now until Monday, April 11th. The big part of this election is to see who will hold the mayoral position in our city. We do our best here at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate running. And we were able to sit down with all three of them on separate occasions. We pulled the top questions from each candidate to let you know who and what they stand for in this year's city election. If you want more information about the Sioux Falls city election, you can always check out the Sioux Falls city website and all the results Town Square Media websites. This will be a montage interview of each candidate running for the mayor of Sioux Falls. So if you hear a little bit of back and forth, you know why. That's all coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. Hi, I'm Trooper Henry with the South Dakota Highway Patrol. I would like to encourage you to make sure you're utilizing a proper following distance. A good distance is about one car length per 10 miles per hour. So at 65 miles per hour, you should have 6.5 car length between your car and the one in front of you. This is a major cause of the crashes in the Sioux Falls area. Please help us combat following too close. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. There's always a defining moment when you realize you have no control over what your teen says, over what your teen does, over who your teen hurts. When you reach that defining moment and you're thinking there's nothing more you can do, do what other parents have done. Call Hope Harbor or go to HopeHarborMN.org. Hope Harbor helps struggling girls and boys ages 12 to 17. When you think there's nothing more you can do, there is hope. Hope Harbor. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. If you are just joining the program, well, it's a little bit different. Instead of interviewing individuals and organizations throughout the Sioux Empire, this is going to be an episode dedicated to all three of the candidates who are running for the mayor of Sioux Falls. This year's city elections are on Tuesday, April 12th, but from now until Monday, April 11th, you can submit your absentee and early ballots. In this episode, you will hear the top questions that we asked each candidate running for mayor of Sioux Falls. Those questions include, when you think of the word mayor, what are the first words that come to mind? Their political experience and their campaign journey. Any new policies that they would intend to enforce if and when they take office. And finally, a message to you, the voters, the people that they want to hear from the most. That's what all three candidates have in common. They really want to hear from you, the voters, to see what changes and what new measures you would like to see in your city. It is important to vote no matter what the election is for. So please join us and listen to the answers from Tanisa Islam, David Zakaitis, and current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Ted Hagen. 
By the way, each of these candidates took time out of their busy schedules to join us for individual interviews to talk to you, the voters. Now, this could be the hardest question of the interview. Okay. When you think of the word mayor, Mm -hmm. what are the first words that come to mind? Well, when I think of mayor, I'm thinking about Sioux Falls specifically. We're growing, we're thriving, we're prospering. Our communities are diversifying and growing in diversity as well as socioeconomic statuses. It's going to take, when I think of mayor, um, the word leader obviously comes up, but what I want to add to that as an inclusive leader, a leader that can have empathy towards all communities that are here to make sure that those voices are being heard around the table and informing how the city is making decisions. I think that's the biggest thing we're lacking in the city right now. Um, And to build a city that is going to be strong and to make sure that we don't make the same kind of mistakes that the Minneapolis's and the Omaha's have made through their growth trajectory, mm-hmm. we're going to need someone who understands those. And and I, my entire life has been straddling all these different kind of worlds, if you will, and then really working um, on impact through advocacy and legal services. When you think of the word mayor, what are the first words that come to mind? You're not going to like this, but the first words that came to mind when I thought about this question were bribery corruption and opportunity. Our political system requires people to sell out to get enough money to to campaign for office. That is the crux of our political problem. And as soon as you sell out, well, then you're not going to be working for the people anymore. You're working for your rich campaign contributors, and they want a return on their investment. And then we get corruption. We've also got problems in Sioux Falls with bribery, I've got a letter here I'm going to mail to the attorney general asking for an investigation. But if you can push all of that aside for a little while, there is tremendous opportunity if you manage to land a job as a mayor. Because you have, like, in Sioux Falls, we've got, like, $650 million every year for a budget. Phenomenal amount of money. And, like, 1,500 full and part-time employees who are there waiting for instructions as to what to do. That's just a phenomenal resources, and I have plans for all of these people. I can't wait to get them to go on. What other qualities or characteristics do you think make a great leader or a mayor? I think, yeah, the, the collaboration's the, the, the biggest thing. But secondary to that is uh, you have to be uh, innovative, visionary, forward-thinking, uh, because your job, in my opinion as a mayor, is not to think about one or two years out, but to think about 20 and 30 years out. So what are the things you're doing today that are going to set this community up long-term? So whether that's investing in a huge wastewater project like we're doing right now, which isn't exciting, you know, it's not sexy to say, oh, you know, I'm going to be the wastewater mayor for the city. <laughs> but I am because for the next 20 years, we're going to have incredible wastewater capacity that will help with our growth, investing in public safety, investing in these mentorship programs that I've been a very bullish on because I'm mentoring kids now when they're, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, that pays off 10, 20 years from now when they decide to stay here, live here, get their degrees here. And so it's a, you have to have a visionary approach to leading the office. 
Now, from my understanding, this is your first time running for mayor of Sioux Falls. So tell us about your political campaign journey so far. Yeah, this is my first time I've run for any office other than class president in my senior (laughs) year of high school. And while I never thought I would use this word, but the word I've been using to explain my experience is that it's been so fun. Um, I, not normal politicians yeah. would say that. That's surprising. <laughs> well, I, and I'm not a politician, and I think that's why I love people. Mm-hmm. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing what everyone loves about Sioux Falls. I love hearing from people what they want to see change or improved in Sioux Falls. There's always room for improvement. And, you know, I've been talking to people who want traffic calming measures all the way to people who want access to fresh fruits and vegetables in their neighborhoods. Um, You know, and it's really interesting and exciting that when you give community an opportunity to have a voice, that they use it. Um, My methodology has has always been to go to community rather than saying you need to come to me if you want to be heard. And um, that has been very powerful because people see themselves in me. They see themselves in this process, mm-hmm. which otherwise they felt very voiceless in. And I'm just really excited to be able, able to give them an opportunity to voice these things. David, from my understanding, this is not the first time that you are running for Mayor Sufal in fact, you and I were talking about it before we started recording, how your first run at this political journey just ended as I was moving here into the Sioux Empire. So tell us a little bit about your political campaign journey, whether it's from four years ago or where you're at right now. Well, I kind of started four years ago in a failed effort. It was my first try. No clue what I was doing. And I had a job at the time, which makes it pretty much impossible to put an effective run from here. But I started four years ago and really just haven't stopped because there's a, it's such a hard job and there's so many things to figure out what to do and how to do them. And I've just been studying practical American government ever since. I look at, a, at one particular issue, say uh, food deserts, and look at some of the literature on the topic and analyze the problem and make recommendations and put all, that all together and do a nice PowerPoint and give it at city council. And I've done this about 140 times so far. So it gives me a lot of um, information to work on and a lot of plans that are clearly stated. And I just kind of haven't stopped from four years ago. And but what I'm trying to do now is to get the word out. I mean, plans are one thing, but publicity is another. So I've got this great campaign flyer booklet that, that I wrote, and i got to get it out and talk to people and try to get myself elected and make the world a better place. Now, why did you decide to run for mayor again? Because clearly, after the last election and its results, it didn't deter you from pursuing this opportunity. It's an opportunity and more than that, it's a passion. I think it's been quite a roller coaster for you the, the last four years. Now you're once again putting yourself out there to run for this second term. So tell us a little bit about your political campaign journey, whether it's a difference between then and now or the current journey that you're on. Yeah, so you know the first four years, so for your listeners, if, if they don't know this, you can serve two four-year terms, you know, consecutive terms as the mayor of Sioux Falls. We have term limits. So what's great about that is there's a shot clock that's ticking. You know exactly how long you're going to have in the chair. 
there. So you spend the first four years getting the team in place, building those relationships, getting uh, comfortable with the MSA mayors and the other mayors you have to work with, the school board members, building that reputation as a collaboration builder. So I've done that the last four years. Now that second term is really when you can start to make hay because we've spent this first term, quite honestly, Christina, in reactive mode a lot. I mean, we were responding to floods and tornadoes and racial justice issues and a lot of Mm -hmm. reactive issues we had to kind of be, uh, be working on. Now there's some proactive things that we can work on like things we want to do with housing and workforce and with public safety uh, and with some uh, infrastructure spending, quality of life projects. So I really feel that uh, we're set up really well. The city team and leadership team is incredibly strong, the team we've put together. So hopefully the next term we'll be able to you know, put all those pieces in, in place and get some of these initiatives moving forward. So why did you decide to run again for a second term? Clearly, the natural disasters, the pandemic, they didn't steer you away from the office. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was a slam dunk because I, I, I think people um, would assume that you have this natural desire to want to stay in the chair. I'm not driven by being in political office. I mean, it's not a, it's not a desire of mine to, uh, to be in politics. But what I feel is that we've started something the last four years that I feel an obligation to continue. The economy's strong. I think we've weathered COVID incredibly well. Mm-hmm. We've got these mentorship initiatives, these public safety initiatives that we've been working on that I feel the responsibility to keep moving forward. Uh, and honestly, I want to have a little bit of a, a, a fingerprint on the future of this community. I think this community is incredible, um, and there's a lot of work to do, and I feel like uh, it's my responsibility to keep moving that forward, what we started the last four years. Like most candidates, there are certain policies that they tend to focus on when they do take office. Now, have you thought of any new policies that you would incorporate in the city? And if you can, can you run those down for us? Yeah, absolutely. There are some really huge issues. Um, We're at crisis point for a lot of different things in our city. And as as quickly as we've grown, been growing and how exciting that is, with that comes growth pains, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows we can't ignore these issues anymore, but everyone knows we have a housing crisis. We have a housing shortage for all of us. But what I want people to really think about is the vulnerable people in our community and how they have an extreme barrier to affordable housing and affordable rents. Um, The city right now does not talk about affordable housing. They talk about workforce housing. Mm -hmm. And everyone I've been asking who should know the answer to this question is still not clear what communities that means. For example, does that mean we're building housing for the DSU cybersecurity folks that are going to be making six-figure incomes when that place opens? Or are we talking about the Amazon worker that's going to be making $20 an hour? There's no clear direction on that. And if there's no clear direction, we can't build an equitable community. We don't have a master plan, which is really having all departments work together across the city to talk about these growth pains. Each department is talking about that individually, Mm -hmm. but we're not talking about a city as a whole. And when I think of the city, I see all of the departments connected together. You know, what what planning and development does impacts parks and recs, and what Mm -hmm. parks and recs does impacts public works, and so on and so forth. So we really need to have more of a comprehensive plan looking into the future and how, how all of these things impact each other. We're also at crisis point for 
access to childcare. And it's, it's really interesting to me how the economic and business community has not forecasted what kind of crisis this would be. Look, these issues have been around for a long time and they've gotten much worse in the last four mm-hmm. years. And if we don't have access to childcare, that means that people aren't going to work and we all know we have a workforce shortage here. Mm-hmm. If we don't have access to childcare, sometimes parents are going to work and leaving their kids at home alone when they probably shouldn't be. And that creates another set of issues um, that the city needs to get involved with. You know, we like to talk about economic development, but there are some real barriers to getting workers in the workplace. And I will concentrate and work with experts in the fields in both affordable housing specifically as well as childcare to really be innovative in how we're providing access so we can get workers to work and we can have kids who are safe at home or in a daycare facility, childcare facility, um, and that we have everyone living in homes or apartments Uh, that they can afford to rent. What are your policies that you intend to focus on if you are voted as the mayor of Sioux Falls? Well, I've got a whole lot of them, and it seems like I have... I know you do. (laughs) I I have grand aspirations because I do, and, and I intend to make it all happen because I've got such great resources available. All right, so let's pick one minor problem. Um, A friend of mine was arrested recently and suffered injury due to the handcuffs that police use. Modern police handcuffs are dangerous, risky devices because they, they're hard metal objects with a very narrow contact zone and, and they cause injuries if you're not careful. Well, we don't have to tolerate this problem anymore. We can fix it. We can redesign handcuffs to include padding and a pressure sensor, and that will help to prevent neuropathy and long-term nerve damage. All right, so, so there's one cute, well, well, I don't know if it's a cute little problem. It's not a cute little problem if it's your wrist that's all banged up. But it's, on the city scale, a relatively small problem and one we're going to take care of. Well, what's another issue? Food deserts. All right, if you have an, a poor area with crime in it, and grocery stores move out, and that's really hard for the residents that remain. Simple problem, simple solution is to subsidize grocery stores where food deserts exist. I mean, not hard to figure this out. You just have to be open to the figuring. And that's the solution I've come up with is if we have to subsidize some grocery stores here and there, that's okay. We'll do it. Um, If you drive around town, you see people, a lot of Native Americans begging for money on street corners, probably to get their next buzz. Well, we don't need to accept this problem either. We can address it and solve it. We need to meet addicts where they are in life help them solve their needs, maybe get them a place to stay, and help them on their own to recovery. If you see addicts on the street corners begging for money, it shows that the current approach to addiction isn't working very well. And, well, I mean, we've got resources. Let's just take care of these problems one after another. If you drive down the road and your car goes bumpity-bump all the time, well, there's another problem, needs another solution. I've looked at this, and I think the city is being a little slow with their preemptive patching. 
all right, so let's do a better job on it. Let's make the make the patch better and make it more permanent and make it smoother. If we need a little bit of help doing that, it would be nice to work with the people in the penitentiary to get their people out of the jail and work and, and work help in the city. There are certain policies that people tend to focus on, maybe even some new ones. Can you talk about some of those current policies that you did create besides, you know, the ones from COVID? We'll get back to those later. Yeah, you know, the I think the themes that you saw and that the voters saw for me this this last term have been centered around a few main things and you've heard about them a little bit one is around law enforcement uh we created a a narcotics crimes unit set up a new narcotics crimes unit which has been very successful in getting more narcotics off our streets we started a housing fund uh that's allowing us to put money into um creating more affordable and dense housing uh, opportunities through maybe land acquisition or other uh, other areas where we can invest that fund to help offset the rising housing costs. Uh, We've put a lot of effort into kids and youth. And while a lot of times people may say, well, that's the uh, that's the role of the school district, or is that really the city's role? It absolutely is the role of the city. And so whether it be the mentoring program that we stood up, and for those listeners who aren't aware of what that is, it's program called Sue 52, where we're trying to get Mm -hmm. 5,200 new mentors in this community by 2026. And we're in the process right now of working with the Sioux Falls School District to look at our community centers and determine, can we work with the school district more closely to have after school, out of school care for more kids at those centers? Because out of school care is an increasingly uh, growing challenge for us in Sioux Falls. Uh, so there's going to be some effort around uh, around making sure daycare and out of school care is more accessible for families. Besides listening to what the voters want, what are some new policies that you want to focus on if you do take office again? Well, uh, I want to focus on the one I just touched about, uh, touch on, I should say, which is about kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see um, from our administration an increasing focus on kids uh, because kids are the future of this community and a community that's good for kids means it's good for parents. And so uh, that could be initiatives related to collaboration with the school, but that could be more uh, out-of-school recreational opportunities like the Riverside um, Park Soccer Program that we've helped kick off and things like that. Uh, So that's going to be very important. I also think that you're going to see continued policies from my department that will focus on allowing law enforcement and public safety to do what they do best. Um, We're also going to be investing some historic infrastructure dollars uh, for the next four years. You know, our wastewater treatment plant, and I hate to harken back to this, it's it's the price escalations of that have that thing close to probably $280 million project now. That is a historic level uh, of investment. Uh, on the south side of town, not far from your studio here, we have Veterans Parkway South, mm-hmm. which we're making incredible investments there. So big infrastructure policies that you're going to see us springing forward as well. So again, the overarching theme around all that, Christine, I know it's all kind of nerdy individual yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's just dealing with the challenges of growth. It's transportation. There's more kids. There's more crime. There's more houses that need to be built. Uh, we need someone to kind of spin all those plates and make sure we don't get too far over our skis on any one specific topic. Anything else that you would like to add or mention? This, this is your time to, to talk to the people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I have a very open campaign. I've been doing tons of meet and greets. If you are interested in having a conversation with me at these meet and greets, please follow me on social media. But because I really need to hear from you. You know, I am making a concerted effort 
to go to community when they've never been approached by city leadership before to really understand what their needs are. Um, and of course, I can't get to everyone, but if there's a way to have those conversations with folks that I haven't gotten to, I would love to have that opportunity. You know, it's a really exciting time in Sioux Falls. You know, we're growing, we're thriving, we're prospering, but we have to have an eye on the issues that come along with growth. You know, one of the things that I'm really worried about um, is how segregated our city is becoming based on socioeconomic class. Um, I was just reading some statistics about our Sioux Falls Public School District, and we have 10 Title I schools. And my understanding is that all of those Title I schools have almost 100% of their student population is on free and reduced um, meals mm-hmm. in the school. And just a caveat, all, all lunches are free right now mm-hmm. for all across the school district. Um, but that was before that took place this past school year. That is really unacceptable, you know. And when you look at how schools are, neighborhoods go to the schools, right? Mm-hmm. Kids have parents. Those parents are, are at poverty levels. They can't afford a $280,000 house, which is where the city is investing housing resources into right now. We have to think um, across the board, otherwise we're going to have the same issues that we see other big cities having right now. We're not there yet, and in order to not fall into those deep holes, we need leadership who really understands these issues and how to make sure that we don't fall into those traps. And I am that leader because that's the work I've been doing for 20 years. Anything else you want to say to the audience listening before we wrap up? I'm really glad we're here talking about city government and things that we can do to improve city government. I like to see that happening. It's valuable. It's great. Now, Mayor, before we let you go, anything that you would like to say to the voters of Sioux Falls? This is your time. Well, you know, the nice thing about being the incumbent, having done this for four years, is I have four years of history. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was running for this office four years ago, you have to make these promises. Say, oh, I will do this and I will do this. Well, it's easy to make promises when you haven't been in the chair. Mm -hmm. Well, now I've been in the chair for four years and I guess the residents can see, hey, do we like the way the guy led through the flooding and the tornadoes and pandemics and is the economy in a good spot and is Sioux Falls, you know, is there an optimism in the community and uh, selfishly I would argue I think we've done good on all those fronts. So uh, past performance is is an indicator of future results, right? So uh, hopefully people look at the past and say, hey, I think that guy deserves another swing at four more years to keep Sioux Falls moving forward. Thank you to Tanisa Islam, David Zakaitis, and current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tanakin for joining the Sunday Focus series to make this current episode possible. We'll be right back with more information about the 2022 Sioux Falls City election. Were you exposed to hazardous materials while serving in the military and have an illness or condition as a result? If so, you may be eligible for VA benefits and services. Whether you need health care or want to file a disability compensation claim related to military exposures, VA is here to help. Visit va.gov forward slash military dash exposures to learn more and apply today. You served your country. Now let VA serve you. Reclusive. 
angry, verbally or physically abusive or disruptive. Life can be hard for teens today with social media, bullying and peer pressure. If you've tried counseling and you start thinking there's nothing more you can do, call Hope Harbor or go to HopeHarborMN.org. Boys and girls 12 to 17 have come to Hope Harbor from Sioux Falls to Fergus Falls, from Beersford to Baltic. When you think there's nothing more you can do, there is hope. Hope Harbor. If you're driving on the interstate, a state highway, a county highway, through town, or on a gravel road, this message is for you. Buckle up, don't skip the click. Crashes don't discriminate, they happen everywhere. Hi, I'm Trooper Peterson with the South Dakota Highway Patrol, reminding you that wearing your seatbelt is one of the best ways to protect yourself while driving. Buckle up, don't skip the click. This message brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Tanisa Islam, David Sakaitis, and current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tedhaken for joining this episode. They took time out of their busy campaigning schedules to join us for episodes that we have been airing throughout the last couple of weeks. This current episode really highlights the top questions that we asked each candidate to let you, the public, know about what each candidate stands for. As we mentioned before, the Sioux Falls City elections are Tuesday, April 12th. However, you can't submit your absentee and early vote from now until Monday, April 11th. The big part of this election is to see who will hold the mayoral position in our city. We do our best here at Results Town Square Media to inform the public on each candidate running. And this episode was no exception. If you have missed any of the episodes from Tanisa Islam, David Sakaitis, and current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhaken, you can check it out on the Sunday Focus podcast. Those can be downloaded from the Results Town Square Media websites and wherever you get your podcasts from. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus and remember, no matter what election it is, it's always important to vote and to let your voice be heard. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio Town Square Media, Sioux Falls. Hi, I'm Connie Britton. I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong.